Now we're going to begin our study of the scriptures. Let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to speak this morning about speech and how we can serve the Lord with our speech. Last night, I called this message lip service, and it was, uh, it was in reference to how we can use our lips in service to God, though often we use that term lip service to mean someone is sort of hypocritical. They're saying things, but they're not doing them. I want to talk to you about the importance of learning to speak well to many different kinds of people, and also how to listen to other people well. This is a topic that, that we address at various times throughout the year because it's important, but it's especially important right now. In order for us to fulfill our calling as a Messianic community, we have to be able to speak well and to be clear in our language, but also to be gracious in our language. We are called as a community and as individuals to be a light. We're called to be a light that shines brightly with the light and the goodness that comes from Messiah Yeshua, from the Lord, the God of Israel. And we can't put our light under a basket. These days it's very difficult sometimes to express um, personal positions that are not popular with people around you. But I wanna encourage you to learn how to be gracious in the expression of the good things that God has done for you. It's important for us to be visible and to be known. And we do have good news to share. Each of us has the experience of God and of God's grace of his forgiveness. That's worth sharing for people. It's also worth sharing that we have good news as a community, as a congregation, as a mishpocha. And we are a congregation made up of many different kinds of people. We're a mixed we're a mixed multitude in a sense. We're a mixed congregation, uh, a mixed people. We are a congregation with Jewish people, and we're a congregation with people from other backgrounds, other ethnicities, other cultures, but we come together and we have a calling because God wants to use us to help restore the Jewish people, but he also wants us to restore other ethnic groups, other people groups, people who uh, are part of our congregation as well and are important to you. So it's not just the Jewish people who are important, though the Jewish people are important. Let me say it this way, the Jewish people are important, but also the other people groups are important as well. And our congregation reflects this. We have many different countries of origin that are reflected in our congregation. Many different skin colors, black, brown, white. We, we have all kinds of people. We are not a homogeneous bunch demographically or even socially. We're, we're quite diverse. And we have many people who hold different political positions and understandings, different educational levels, different socioeconomic positions, but we come together. We come together because God has brought us together and we love the diversity that we have together. Anyone who's ever worshiped with us 
uh, in person can see that diversity reflected all around us. It's quite visible. It's, it's, it's quite obvious too. Now, what's important is not just that we are together physically, but we're together with our hearts. And that starts with our knowing, with our personal awareness that God loves us equally well. We are a community that, that demonstrates that we serve the Lord of equal men, the Lord of equal women, the Lord of equal men and women. It's, it's not that some of us are elite and preferred by God. It's that all of us have equal standing before God. The Lord regards each person as having value and worth. The Lord considers all of us worthy of his love and his redemption. And we do not, we do not want to be separated despite our distinctiveness. We want to be united during this time. And we see and this is very important. We see it in the scriptures. There is a prophetic mandate that God has given that, that calls us to be together. We see it with Moses and his wife, Zipporah. We see it through the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. I want to read to you from Isaiah 49, verse 6, a very valuable scripture that's worth taking note of. And at this point, I want to give some instruction. Again, I, I want to ask several of you who are really good at this to write in the comment section Isaiah 49 verse 6 and let's see if we can get not just two or three but I would say eight nine ten or more of you in fact everybody who's willing if you would go to the comment section on Facebook under this post and you would write this scripture Isaiah 49 verse 6 write that down because it will um, it will help us be connected to the same scripture and it'll sort of, um, it'll create momentum, forward momentum for us. So Isaiah 49 verse six, let me read to you. The Lord says, it is too small a thing for you to only be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob, to restore only the Jewish people and to only bring back those of Israel that I have kept. Now this was spoken to Isaiah personally because he was called to restore the Jewish people, but he was also called to restore other nations as well. The Lord says it's too small a thing for you. But this writing uh, of the call to Isaiah is also an expression of God's call for all of us who have been joined to the God of Israel. It goes on and, and the Lord says, I will also make you a light for the nations. Can I ask a few of you right now to post these words? I will also make you a light for the nations. I will also make you a light for the nations. Please post that. It'd be great to have just a flood of comments posting that because this is important. We have a two-sided calling here. We have a call to restore the Jewish people and we have a call to restore people from other ethnic groups. And one of the ways we realize that call as a community is by learning to be together as a community with our differences and with our distinctives. We don't just disappear with all of our cultural distinctives becoming invisible. No, we can celebrate those distinctives. 
And so the Lord says, I will also make you a light for the nations. I'm seeing it right now. The Dexter houses are posting it and Masella is posting it. Others are too. Um, Swally Butler's posting it. Great Wally Butler and uh, Gene Smith and Tracy a bush and brian stone thank you i'm just reading the comments off to the side i've got my ipad and i can see the comments off to the side and when i'm looking over there like i am right now i can see that my head is turned away but that's what it takes for me to see the comments that you're writing and um georgia and charlotte thank you so much for participating in this way this is like us sitting next to each other and repeating something you know sometimes when we're studying together i'll say turn to your neighbor and tell them this and you're doing the same thing it's a way of of creating this participative and interactive atmosphere that we love at our synagogue and i i want to encourage you to learn how to engage as we're getting ready to start up in-person uh, meetings for our Shabbat services on Saturdays. I want you to know that there will be capacity limits, of course, because of the pandemic, and there'll be protocols we'll have to follow. But we will also have live from home continuing, and we're gonna find a way to, to have a new format using our new technologies so that we can connect live from home live with our live in synagogue services so that everybody all over the world can participate with us who's willing, and everybody at Beth Israel will have a way either to be in person or to participate online live or through video. So we're practicing how to do this. We're learning as a community how to use this technology. And we're learning how to do it in such a way that it refreshes us. It strengthens us. It enables us to participate in some of the very things that are most valuable, most precious, most distinctive about our congregation and the experience we have together. Thank you, Vanessa White, for posting the scripture reference, Isaiah 49, 6, and the scripture itself. This is a great way that we can do it. And when you're participating like this and you're joining in, you are actually going to receive more from the Lord. Let's continue. Our call to the Jewish people includes a call to serve other people groups too. This is an expanded and enlarged understanding that's so important for us that we can, we can have a calling to the Jewish people, but it doesn't exclude. It actually enables us to fulfill a greater calling to other nations, meaning other people groups, other ethnicities, other ethnicities, other nationalities as well. The new covenant of God is not a narrowing down, even though the way is narrow, the road is narrow, the path is narrow, but the salvation of God is being made available to the whole world through Messiah Yeshua. The God of Israel is the God of all the nations of the world. There's one God and he does choose to be identified, to be recognized as the God of Israel, but he also wants to be known as the God of heaven and earth. And so our God is not trying to universalize himself and, and become uh, the former God of Israel, 
Rather, he's the God of Israel and he's the God of all the nations of the earth. That's what the Apostle Peter understood. It's expressed in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Can, can you write this in the comment section? Several of you right now. Acts 10, verse 34. It is so great to focus on this. Now, I want to encourage you, those who are using the comments right now, hold comments that aren't on track for later. There'll be times when, when we pray, and there'll be times when we're studying together. So there are times when we're greeting and there are times when we're studying. I wanna encourage you, participate on track with us. And, and later you can go back if you want to. You can post comments on the video at the right time when there's prayer, and that will be added to prior comments. But let's stay on track right now. This isn't a time to be greeting each other. You might smile at each other, but don't get distracted with greetings and don't get it distracted with other topics. Stay on track with us and discern what we're doing right now. Acts 10.34. Let's see that on the comment section right now because we want to focus on this. Thank you, uh, Masella and Tim and, and Jenny for posting Acts 10.34 and others of you who are posting right now, Dolores. I, I can see your names coming up. And just like I can see you participating, the Lord's taking notice of your participation as well. And I think it brings joy to his heart like it does to my heart. And I think to the hearts of others who are gathering together. It brings joy to all of us that you participate actively. It's so great. And Wally Butler, thank you for for adding more text as well. I'm gonna give you my expanded translation of Acts 10.34, and later on you may wanna go back and listen to the podcast and take notes about this, or you may wanna watch the video again on Facebook or on YouTube so that you can get this. But the expanded translation, I think, captures some important ideas for us. Peter says this, now I really understand that God does not show favoritism. He welcomes those from every nation and every ethnic group who respect him and do what is right. He has given this message for the Jewish people. We proclaim the gospel of peace through Yeshua the Messiah. This is the message we've been given. We proclaim the gospel, the good news of peace through Yeshua the Messiah, who is Lord of all people groups. Those ideas are so important when we recognize that God is the God of the nations that were called to be a light to the nation. Sometimes we only think about a geopolitical map and we look at the countries on the earth, you know, on a map or on a globe, and we think that's what God's talking about. But he's really talking about ethne, ethnic groups, uh, people groups, cultural groups nationalities and sometimes people groups are spread over great distances sometimes they're concentrated sometimes they're living in countries that uh, no longer reflect by their names or by their dominant culture the earlier origins of the people groups who were there at an earlier time it's important for us to understand 
that God is interested in and he loves all the nations, all the nationalities, all the people groups. We are equal before him. And we're equal also by gender, male and female. We're equal even by socioeconomic status, rich and poor are equal before God. We're equal by age, young and old are important to God. We're equal by citizenship. The native born and the immigrant are also standing before God with equality. We're equal racially, regardless of the color of our skin or our ethnic background or our racial background, we are equal before God. It's important to know that. It's important to be able to say that equal before God. It's important in our country to be equal before the law. It's also important to be equal before God. Why don't you write that down? Equal before God. You have worth regardless of your bank account. You have worth to God. You have worth to God regardless of your educational attainment. You have worth before God, equal worth before God, regardless of your race, the color of your skin, your height, your weight, your size, your, your personality, equal worth before God. Because God created us. He made us. He knows us and he loves us. He formed us with purpose and intention. You exist because God gave you life. You exist because you have value to God. And, and the coming of Yeshua is, is in order to restore you to the value that God has in mind for you. That nothing would separate you, that every harm that's been done to you through sin, through iniquity, through transgression, your own or those of others, would be resolved in such a way that you could be close to God. That's important for us to understand. And as a community, we come together and we embrace that equality before God. It's a beautiful thing. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not a perfect community by any accounts. We're all human beings. We all fall short. We're all a work in progress. Isn't it true? We're all learning how to show love and respect to each other. We're all learning about this. But I think that we're making good progress and we will continue to make progress. We're a community that's brought together because we love God. We love Yeshua the Messiah. We love the scriptures. We love each other. We love our country and we love Israel. We love the Jewish people. These things all bind us together. And we can say, those of us who are here in Jacksonville, we can say, God bless America. We want God to bless our country. We can say, let the United States support Israel. It's so important to be able to say this. We can say boldly, without reservation, to our American Jewish families and friends, do not be afraid to stand with Israel. We can say it another way, be bold to stand with Israel. And we can say it in many different ways, in every place I stand with Israel. Now, Israel is not a perfect country by any means, but it has a right to exist and it's called by God to be a homeland for the Jewish people. It's also called to be a place that shines the light of Messiah and one day it will. 
In the meantime, we stand with Israel and support her safe boundaries and borders and defensible borders and the right of the state of Israel to defend her citizens. We stand like this. We need to be bold and we need to understand in these chaotic times that there are many voices that are trying to hijack the topic of racial equality and the movement towards justice for um, the black members, the African-American members of our American society. They're trying to hijack it for other purposes to establish another kind of philosophy, not the philosophy that, that comes uh, from our founding documents of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the amendments, including the Bill of Rights. No, another kind of philosophy. We need to hold firm. We don't want a Marxist philosophy. And, and some of the folks who are involved in, in the movement to establish racial equality actually have another agenda that they speak about boldly and freely among themselves. There are some who are active and bold in declaring that they have a Marxist agenda or a socialist agenda, which is in, in fact a Marxist agenda, and that they're against the, the, the society that exists here in the United States, and they want to see it destroyed and replaced with a different kind of society. I'm very wary of that because I understand historically that the people who want that kind of revolution, not reformation, but revolution, bring with them hostile philosophies and understandings. And it's worthwhile for you, as you're standing for racial justice and equality, it's worthwhile for you to investigate the, the philosophies of leaders of some of the groups that, that are wanting to use the current situation in order to accomplish another agenda. This is happening on the left. It's happening on the right. There are Marxists on the, the left. There are white supremacists on the right and nationalists on the right. And, and we've got to sort through this so that we can stand firm. We don't want to find ourselves as a country in the situation that Germany found herself in in the 20s and beyond, where there were terrible choices between communism on one side and Nazi fascism on the other side. They were in conflict. To, be, to have to choose between those two choices is a horrible, horrible situation. We need to avoid that. Some of you would say, well, that can't happen here. Wrong. It can happen anywhere. It can happen here, and we're seeing that, that there is extremism on each side that would like to dominate and to overcome all others in order to get their extremist views established. Be careful out there. I'm trying to warn you in the most cautious ways. And I know this, that there are many Jewish people who are joining in with some traditionally liberal causes and not realizing that they are now supporting anti-Israel and anti-Semitic groups. There are many liberal groups in these days that have become officially anti-Semitic in their policies and officially anti-Israel and anti-Zionist. And I challenge you, if, if you are going to be wise, learn enough 
so that you know where people stand. Well, we need to tell others that here at Beth Israel, we are loving each other and we need to listen to each other and we need to serve each other and we need to continue to work together. And, and I know, I know that in many ways, we're, we're an example that would encourage people. So tell people about your experience. Tell people about your experience loving people of different races, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic statuses, different countries of origin, your experience at Beth Israel. Share that good news and connect it to the scriptures so that people can see that your living testimony reflects God's great calling in our lives. Now, last night I called this message lip service and this morning, I want to call it serving the Lord with our speech. And I want to encourage you because every one of us who loves God and every one of us who wants to serve him in effective ways needs to learn how to speak well. We have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how other people think so that we can speak to different kinds of people. Oh, of course, you can speak to yourself and people just like you. But I like what T.D. Jake said recently, and, and I'll read to you some notes I took. He said, you cannot live at peace with people you don't talk to. You, if you only talk to people who agree with you and who share your perspective, you will never be well-rounded enough to resolve any real problems until we come together, he said, and until we reason together. And until we hear each other's perspective without putting pressure on people to have your opinion about it, then America will never fully be the United States of America. I appreciate that sentiment that he expressed. I thought he crafted his statement quite well. It's important for us to be able to listen to different perspectives, and it's important for us to be able to understand different perspectives so that we can work together to resolve big problems together. Now, in the Haftorah, we read about the call of Jeremiah and how God called him to be both a prophet to Israel and a prophet to the nations of the world. And that is a challenging proposition. It's easier if you just wanna prophesy at people, if you just wanna go blah, blah, blah to people so that you make your point and you sort of jab them, that's one thing. But if you wanna have a positive effect, if you want to truly be prophetic, you want to have, um, a, a way of speaking that has a positive impact on the people. God was calling Jeremiah to that, and he called him when he was a young man, just a lad, according to the Hebrew scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Let's write that down. Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 8. Here is the word of Adonai that came to me. This is what Jeremiah wrote that the Lord said to him. Verse five, he starts quoting the Lord. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Before you were born, I separated you, Jeremiah, for myself. Jeremiah, I've appointed you to be a prophet to the nations, a prophet to different ethnic groups, to different people groups too. 
I love this statement, I knew you before you were born, even before you were conceived. It really is a remarkable idea and worth pondering that God would know us before our soul had been put into our physical bodies. It's an amazing thing. God says, I've appointed you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was chosen by God before he had done anything, before he had even been born, before he had done good or bad. Verse six, Jeremiah says this, I said, Oh, Adonai Elohim, oh Lord, my God, I don't even know how to speak. I'm just a child. I'm just a lad. Jeremiah is saying to the Lord, I can't do it. I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, how to, how to say it. How could I ever be effective as a prophet to other people groups? Verse seven, but the Lord said to me, don't say I'm just a child. I think that's a powerful statement. Jeremiah was thinking, well, I don't have enough experience. I'm too young. I can't do this. And the Lord says, don't talk like that. Don't say I'm just a child. I was pondering that. And Sandy, it turns out, had read the same passage and was also pondering it. She had a very interesting point that I want to share with you. It's not just young people who can say something like that. I can't do this because I'm too young. Older people can say, well, I can't do this because I'm too old. You see, whether you're young or old, male or female, black or white, do you get the point? There are ways that we can think we're not capable or we're disqualified or no one will listen to us or we can't be effective. And Jeremiah heard a correction from the Lord. The Lord did not agree with Jeremiah. The Lord said to Jeremiah, don't you say I'm just a child. Some of you need to hear this. Don't say I'm too old. Don't say I'm black. Don't say I'm a woman. Don't say, well, I was born in another country. Don't say it. Don't think like that. Verse seven continues, for you will go to whomever I send you and you will speak whatever I order you. I think that's so useful and so practical for all of us. The Lord wants to send us to people. The Lord said to Jeremiah, I will send you to the ones I want you to speak to. Tell them what I tell you to say. Tell them how I tell you. Speak in the way that I want you to speak. Don't just use your own words and don't just use your own attitude, but be strong to pay attention to what the Lord says and how he says it. Verse eight, do not be afraid of them for I am with you, says Adonai, and I will rescue you. Don't be afraid of them. Sandy read a translation said, don't be afraid of their faces. When you come face to face with them, don't get scared. I'm with you. I'll save you. And we were both laughing about this. When the Lord says, don't be afraid, you know why. It's because he's sending us into a situation that is fearful. But then the Lord also says, I will rescue you. I mean, that's good news on one hand, but it's also quite humorous. And it reveals the lighthearted way that God can deal with us about serious things. Don't worry, I'll rescue you. You know why God said that? Because Jeremiah would need rescuing. It turns out he'll, he would need rescuing, not just from people from other people groups, 
but from his own people groups. And I can say that every one of us who is born Jewish and shares the good news of Yeshua with our family and friends, we know there are times when we need a little rescuing too, don't we? Because not everybody's ready to respond with open hearts and with generosity. Not everyone's tolerant of the good news. Not everyone is tolerant of Jewish people who believe in Yeshua. And so sometimes we can be insulted and reviled, and that's just part of the life. God will rescue us. Don't be so afraid that you fail to do what God has given you. The life of the prophet is not easy, and the life of prophetic people is not easy. And friends, we are called in the Messianic movement to be prophetic people. So this is what we've signed up for. Now I want to read to you from this week's Brit HaKadoshah portion. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. And please write this in the comment section right now. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. And I'm looking forward to a number of you writing this down because it's, it's one of the readings that we have for this week. It goes with the Torah portion and with the Haftor portion. The Brittachanasha portion is also useful to us. 1 Peter 3, starting in verse 8. Peter, remember, Peter is an apostle to the Jewish people, though he has a call to all people. And he says this, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love each other, be compassionate and humble. Now, that's important. Where it says like-minded, Peter doesn't mean groupthink. He doesn't mean political corrective, uh, corrective speech, uh, politically correct speech. What he means is have a mind towards God and a mind towards each other that is consistent with your love of God and your call to love each other. Be like-minded in this regard and be sympathetic. Don't be harsh with each other. Love each other because anything we do that doesn't reflect a motive and actions of love ceases to be authentic before God. Be compassionate and be humble. He continues, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And I can say, oy vey. During these times of vast use of social media, believers are engaging in exchanges of insult. I'm shocked sometimes by the vile language that people who declare that they love God and they even love Yeshua, the vile language that people use in their conflict on social media, it's shameful, really. And it's not authentic. It's not bold to match insult with insult. It's not godly to do that. It's actually ungodly. It's the way of the world. And when you stand before God, do you really want God to review with you all the insults that you put on social media towards other people that you disagreed with? I, I don't want to. I want my heart to be cleaner than that. Instead, the Apostle Peter says, on the contrary. Contrary means instead of. It means opposing, 
be different and repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You see, we're called to bless even our enemies. This is a hard word that Yeshua gave that you can love your friends, but to love your enemies and to bless them is actually quite difficult. You're not going to hear this uh, coming from sources that don't believe in the teachings of Yeshua and in the scriptures because these unique perspectives are not reflected in all of the political uh, positions and narratives that people use these days. You can be very worldly and you can repay evil with evil. You can repay insult with insult. But to be godly and to inherit the blessing means even when people are speaking in such a way that is insulting, that you get a hold of yourself. You take the time, you manage your anger and you manage your emotions in such a way that you can bring them under the authority of God and the teachings of Yeshua. Verse 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. This is very interesting. Insults are lumped in together with evil here. Everyone who loves life and wants to see good days must keep their tongue from insulting others. Wow, that is powerful. And their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. And they must seek peace and pursue it even with those who are insulting and reviling them. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and who speak insults, if I can include that as well. I want to close by reading from two Psalms that have had a powerful place in my life since I was a boy. I remember as a as a child, as a teenager, going to the synagogue I grew up in with my family in Roanoke, Virginia, Beth Israel Synagogue. It was a conservative Jewish synagogue, not a Messianic synagogue. But we would, in the Siddur, use the Amidah prayers in its entirety and the prayers that follow as well. And one of the concluding prayers that's associated with the Amidah is based on Psalm 19 and Psalm 34. Let me read to you two relevant passages. Psalm 19 verse 14. Can you write that in the comment section right now, three or four of you, Psalm 19, verse 14. I, I want to see that show up on the comment section because I want you to have that reference and I want every one of us to take note of this. This has been important to me since I was a child and it's important to me today. I want it to be important to you. Psalm 19, verse 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is powerful. Thank you, Fran Stone, for posting that. Let's see some others. And Yolanda, thank you for posting it. A few more. Aaron is posting it too. Some others as well. Let's take this to heart. Becky Butler, thank you for posting that. And Charlotte, others are posting. Let me read this again. May the words of my mouth, what I say, and the meditations of my heart, the things that are stirring inside of me, be acceptable unto you, O Lord. And when we think of acceptable, I want you to think of it 
this way. Not just that God can accept it and tolerate it, but that God would welcome it. And he would consider that our speech and the meditations of our heart are worthy before him. He would look upon us and he would hear us and he would take note of the things that are being formed in us and he would well to use a good Yiddish term. He would rejoice. He would he would be glad. He would he would smile when he hears us speaking. And he would smile when he looks into our hearts as our words are being formed. Psalm 34 verse 13 has, um, it includes a prayer of protection. O Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. And let those who speak against me, let me give no heed. Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. These, these connect. I need your help, Lord. I want to have a right attitude. I want to do well, and I'm going to need your help and your protection. Help me learn when to be silent. Lord, help me learn when to, to be silent before you. And let me read a scripture from the Psalms that really touched Sandy this week, touched her heart, and she shared it with me. And she just texted me a note about this. I want to read it to you. It's from Psalm 131, verse 2. It's the last thing I want to read to you today. Psalm 131, verse 2. Could some of you please post that reference on the comment section right now? Psalm 131, verse 2 says this, I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself. Like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. What a beautiful sentiment. Each of us needs to learn how to calm and quiet ourselves. We need to learn how to get a grip on it, if you will, and not just to push it down, not just to suppress our feelings, but how to become quiet and calm. And not just looking for others to do it to us, but for us to learn how to do it ourselves. And just like a child, a little baby who is accustomed to crying when they're hungry and wants to be breastfed, we need to go beyond that stage where we can quiet ourselves and we can find peace in ourselves. I want to encourage you to put effort into this. It's my prayer for you today. It's Sandy's prayer for you today. Let us each learn to quiet and calm ourselves before the Lord and with each other. What a great prayer. So thank you for participating in the study. Thank you for engrossing yourselves in the words of the scriptures together with us. In this way, we are fulfilling the command to engross ourselves. There's one more part. Take what we learn and put it into practice. To hear and to do. That's what Yeshua said. You want to be on the rock? You want your life built on the rock? The things you hear, put into practice. That's how you do it. 
I want to thank all of you who have been faithful with your tithes and with your offerings, with your generosity and with your cheerfulness supporting Beth Israel. Not only do you help us continue to do what you're doing, but your faithful support enables us to expand what we're doing and has enabled us to reach tens of thousands more people through Live From Home, through this new technology. Your faithful giving will help us develop our new formats and integrate our services live and in person and live and online. Thank you for your support. It, it, it does take a lot of resources and we will need even additional resources because there are additional costs that are ahead for us for disinfecting the sanctuary each time that it's used and there will be increased costs with security that's necessary in this time period. So I want to encourage you to be generous and make sacrificial offerings above and beyond dedicated to the additional costs. Thank you for having a cheerful attitude. Thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness. There are some of you who, who want to participate in what we're doing by giving and you've never been a, a financial contributor to what we're doing and you, you want to participate in that now. Or maybe you have in the past, but you want to become a regular supporter of us. Here's how you can do it. Go to BethIsraelNow.com slash giving and you can find on our webpage the simple, easy to follow instructions about how to use Giving Fire and how to use PayPal so that you can set up your accounts or use your accounts and customize them. Very easy to use, very secure. We've had no security problems whatsoever. You can also use the uh, USPS, the Postal Service and send checks. You can use your bill pay system through your bank as well. We're ready to receive your support and we thank you for your generosity. Some, some of you have, have been people who have really been blessed by Live From Home and by our podcast. And this is a good time for you to stand shoulder to shoulder with us. It's a good time for you to join in and help us carry the weight of this ministry so that together we can do much more than we could ever do on our own. I thank you for your faithfulness and for your generosity. And I can tell you that every one of us who stands together in this way makes a big difference in what we can do. I want to close this time with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. And then we'll follow that with a final worship song with the Corson family. So right now, why don't you gather together with your family and everyone who's watching there with you? And if you're not together, then you can imagine being together. And, and let's just pray Aaron's blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you and even guard your lips and guard your heart. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you so that you can shine upon others. May the Lord be gracious to you so that you can pour out gracious speech towards others. May the Lord lift up his face to you and be attentive to you so that you can be attentive and listen carefully to other people, including those who have different opinions and perspectives. And may the Lord give you peace so that you can have calm and quiet in your soul. 
We pray this in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. And so from my wife, Sandy, who's been participating with us, not on the Facebook channel, but through watching Facebook through um, through her system and also through text back and forth with me and others who are working behind the scenes from my wife Sandy and me and from all who are involved in the production of Live From Home from our Cantor Aaron Jacobs or Elder Brian Stone from all of us who are putting things together so that we can serve you and we can serve the Lord together we say Shabbat Shalom <laughs>